0: State of the Empire is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse and is brought to you in part by Consequence of Sound, the web's foremost source for music and film news, reviews, and insights. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to State of the Empire, nerdy Show Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderon places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt. And Star Wars Celebration Europe 2016 has concluded. It is, uh, we, we're, we're still, all the pieces are still sliding together, but we've amassed a ton of news from the event, and uh, we're going to tell you everything of significance <laughs> that happened there. Uh, we got news on Rogue One, news on Episode 8, lots of nice little details, some tidbits and some really um some deep speculation at times. But what's maybe most surprising about this year's celebration is that the big star was not Rogue
1: One, but was in fact Star Wars Rebel Season 3. Yeah, because they they dropped this bombshell that we all knew was going to happen anyway, but still like it had a a, a huge presence whereas like Rogue One uh, I guess maybe it was maybe it would have felt different if we were there physically, but, you know, it left us all back here in the States wanting.
2: Yeah, the Rebels panel is just so much more polished than, like, anything that any of the, like, live-action film stuff, like, presented all weekend.
1: They brought their A-game.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: you want to see what that's about? Well, there's a trailer for the third season of Rebels, and, hey, even if you're not watching the show watch this trailer check it out much
1: like the season two trailer it's going to give you plenty of reasons why you might think shit i should probably be watching that show yeah, the tone is on point that's the thing like every time like i remember seeing the trailer for rebel season two and being like yeah but is the tone gonna in the show gonna be that dark and it was <laughs> like it totally was and uh, if this is your first time stay the empire welcome we'll go easy on you
0: uh we, we discuss all facets of the, the Lucasfilm family, especially Star Wars, of course, and we hide the deep, dark spoilers behind the blast doors. So uh, there will, you'll be able to listen to the entire episode up to a point, and then we'll have a clearly denoted section where uh, you should only go if you want to learn the secret truths of Star Wars. Now, sometimes it's speculation, but it's speculation that uh, we have a pretty good track record on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, I guess let's take it from the top. Let's talk about Rogue One. What little there is to talk about. It comes out this year, December 15th. Last episode, we discussed the substantial rumors uh, surrounding Rogue One's reshoots and potential problems. The ex- executives wanted uh, some reshoots that were content-altering, not, not just the usual scheduled reshoots, but some more substantial stuff, and there was, um, that was refuted. Quite a lot, especially by, uh, by Entertainment Weekly. Um, and our opinion on the matter, collectively, seems to side more along the lines of there is truth to it. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it, it certainly is somewhere in the middle. The real question was, is like, how far in, like to one side was it? And, and I, think, uh, I think Celebration proved that it's definitely leaning towards the, uh, I don't know, the content side. I mean I think that's why they only had a behind scenes reel to show us as opposed to anything sort of like like any sort of like polished trailer to what the movie's actually about.
1: Over well they they, they did show a teaser of some kind, right? Like this was a I mean how how would you best describe this other thing that they showed besides the celebration show reel?
2: Well, I mean yeah, I guess behind closed doors for the audience, you know, that was that was there. They had a a trailer that featured uh that featured Vader, I guess, at the end. But from, from the the leaked stuff online of this trailer, which, you know, thankfully there's some enterprising people that decide that it doesn't seem fair that, like, the people, you know, that are there are the only ones that get to see it. I understand those people paid a lot of money, but, you know, like, sometimes just not in the cards to go to, to Europe spontaneously for Star Wars Celebration. Or
0: America, for but, that matter.
2: Or, exactly, that's true. Um, So, uh, yeah, it, but this tra- this teaser, this trailer, whatever it was called, seemed to be composed of mostly clips from the first trailer. And, I mean, there was and some the uh,
0: celebration reel actually. And from it, yes. So I guess to, to back up a little bit, the 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 celebration show reel, you can watch it online right now. It also debuted on ABC in the middle of a a Force Awakens uh, special, which may have been a Blu Ray feature they just put on television. I'm not sure. I watched it. it; was good. Um but it, it's it's fun. You should totally check it out. It's got a lot of new footage and shows all the the awesomeness that mm-hmm. this film promises, all the cool stuff about all these battles on this new world, uh, which is a um the planet Scarif, actually. We we got a name for it. Um the de- the construction of the Death Star is taking place on this secluded, beachy planet uh Scarif. And uh it's a it's a great it's a great behind the scenes reel. It's it's fun, it's action-packed, it's awesome. Um, I guess we just we just feel like at this point, especially compared to Force Awakens, it would behoove them to show more of the film, especially with these rumors, uh, which are actually growing more and more substantiated. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, what- I,
2: I I think there's definitely I mean, t- like Force Awakens was a nice polished product by this point that they were able to kind of you know talk about and 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 things like that. And this one is just like seems to be the complete opposite. I mean the that that the panel the chemistry of the panel that they had at celebration last year, which keeping in mind was in April of last year, so it was even earlier in the year, was like a better chemistry than the cast and creators that they had on stage this weekend you know and and it's this is much later in the process, so it's just you know it is a little worrisome in that regard,
0: yeah, yeah, so um the the thing that was shown behind behind the scenes, it didn't have any um, spoiler material in it. All, granted, all the copies of it that I've seen have been very, very poor quality, um, but it looked good. It was extremely short. It was mostly footage you'd seen before. It seems like there's, much like how with Force Awakens, you were seeing a lot of Jakku in the trailers and not a lot of the rest of the film. That's, that's maybe doubly true of uh, Rogue One. But perhaps, you know, perhaps we don't understand the sequence of events uh, too well. But, I mean, I'm still, I'm very excited for the movie. I, I think, you know, Gareth Edwards is, is the right guy for the job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, you know, if anything's gone wrong, I feel it's probably out of his hands. Um, and uh, perhaps the biggest gamble here is that Disney isn't sure how different they can make this movie. And they hired on a guy who is dedicated to making it very different. Um,
2: Which is that it is nice though that in in that behind the scenes reel, that they addressed that, like they let Gareth talk and sort of emphasize that. So maybe that's where they ended up landing on that was to let him make a different film because that seemed to be the you know showing off the different shooting styles and shots and things like that that are that are new to the Star Wars universe. So I think they did. I I also think the movie as it's finished product is going to be something good and worth seeing and great. But I just don't think timeline wise they're at that point. Like I'm not, I'm not someone that believes that like a production should be smooth. Like there's been a lot of great movies that have like terrible production histories. And there's also bad movies that have terrible production histories, but like, I mean a big James Bond film fan and like a lot of those productions have like terrible track records and those end up being usually awesome films. So it's, you know, I, I just think that, you know, Disney's sort of portraying it as like a perfect little world that's going on with the way they're handling Star Wars. But I think as you start to put the evidence together of other things like the canceled Rogue One uh, tie-in comics and they just pushed back the, the Rogue One prequel book another six weeks is because they're, they're still making tweaks to this finished product.
0: Yeah. Now let's back that up in case um you I mean, nobody nobody caught this. Uh, earlier in the year, Marvel announced that there were a there were three or there was a three part Rogue One, miniseries, and then a Rogue One one shot coming out. And they unceremoniously canceled all orders for it. They didn't announce any creative teams attached. They just pulled the plug on it. And so now there's there's a Rogue One tie in novel. And what was the original date and what's the new date, Matt?
2: uh it was coming out in the first or second week of October now it's coming out November 15th hmm so so that that's giving exactly one month to go through the prequel novel which i mean is is you know enough time to read a book but you know when you know aftermath for came out on on uh Force Friday last year you know so so when when Rogue One's Force Friday comes on I believe September 30th or whatever that Friday is yeah September 30th there won't be a a you know fiction book on the shelf like there was last year. like I don't think there's any jun- junior tie-in novels or anything like that. like there's just going to be toys, which toys are great, but it's also that's strange that's it is strange this <laughs> is not this is not the package that they put out for force Awakens
0: and that rogue one book you mentioned that's catalyst by james luceno
1: yes yes
0: now you're really excited about his involvement in this
2: i am because he is like the like as far as the the adult fiction writers he's the like i mean even back in the old eu he was obsessed with these uh connecting all the dots of various uh pieces of the of the total star wars lore that like all the the comics that were coming out before, like in the prequel era right before the, the Phantom Menace even dropped, like he was like tying together that Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious were like pulling the strings on all these different like random events and, and putting it all together in this like awesome tight universe that like the Sith were manipulating. And so when he wrote the Tarkin novel, he also started to reincorporate ideas from the old expanded universe of the way like the Imperial military worked in certain personnel and things like that. That's why they put him in charge of that Tarkin novel. And now he's writing catalyst that it seems like they're they're The point is to make this bridge that goes from Geonosian design of the death star to Tarkin taking over the project in the Tarkin novel to rogue one catalyst to rogue one. So it's, I think that's kind of, you know, it's being sort of like, Finally directed, but I think the delay involves what is being changed with the with the film itself. But I think the book itself is in really good hands. I think he's the exact he's not the best Star Wars writer, but he's the best at tying in the lore.
0: That's cool. I mean, I just there's there's plenty of reasons why this film can can survive really unscathed, and I, I hope it does. Um, we did get. Uh, new details on vehicles and characters from the film. They uh, they did their I guess what is now an annual tradition of Star Wars celebration, which is they rolled out uh, actual film models and in um, and costumes in a special exhibit. So we got the Rogue One exhibit this year, and I guess next year in Orlando for Star Wars Celebration, we're going to have the Episode Eight exhibit. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. So we were shown off uh, the Tie Striker, which is which actually leaked in some images uh, a while back, and it's a. A TIE fighter with half of an interceptor's blade-like wings. It's really cool looking. Um, and the description of it, as, as seen in the exhibit, is a streamlined variant of the classic TIE fighter design. The TIE striker is designed for atmosphere patrols over important ground-based installations. The versatile design uh, can also soar in space where uh, it can accompany uh, traditional TIE fighters in chasing down enemy starships. We also saw Krennic's Imperial shuttle. That's Director Krennic, the uh, the the big bad, and this thing is pretty intense because you got to remember, Rogue One takes place before A New Hope, and he's sliding around the galaxy in, I guess, what only Imperial wealth can buy you—a a terrifying ship, very reminiscent of an of a, say an earlier version of the thing Kylo Ren flies around with. Um, this is a Delta class T three C. Spaceship. I don't know what that means because I'm not the uh, the Star Wars file that uh, that knows all that the ship data. But it's it's very geometric and it has folding wings. And we'll post to where you can check out all these costumes and ships as well. There's, there's really great photos on comingsoon.net.
1: It could very well be one of a kind because he is the director of like the experimental uh, weapons branch, you know, of uh, of the Empire. It's true. It's true. Um,
0: in fact, here's his description <laughs> along with which was uh, posted along with his costume as director of advanced weapons research for the imperial military he is obsessed with the completion of the long-delayed death star project a cruel but brilliant man krennic has staked his reputation on the delivery of the functional battle station to the emperor um, we did get some heroes as well uh, so a lot of them were what we already got from the entertainment weekly expose on rogue one but here's some that i felt had had a little bit of additional con, uh context uh baze malbus The harsh reality of his imperial-occupied homeworld has hardened him into a pragmatic soldier and crack shot with his heavy repeater cannon. Bayes has a bravado that provides a stark contrast to the spiritual centeredness of his best friend and moral compass, Chirrut Imwe. Um, Now, in the photos, you'll see that uh, heavy repeater cannon they mentioned. Holy shit, that's a piece of hardware. That's... (laughs) (laughs) You you know, it's like backpack-mounted kind of like rail cannon laser blaster thing.
2: Yeah, didn't he uh describe it in the panel as a big gun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh next up is Bodhi Rook, a former Imperial pilot, but he has a strong uh he has strong piloting and technical skills uh that'll put to use for the rebellion, ever practical but highly anxious uh Bodhi must gather his courage to bring the battle to the empire. Um and then one final spoiler-free detail for Rogue One. Um it is Kathleen Kennedy said it's likely that it will have no opening crawl. Which
1: is interesting because I remember debating about this for like a long time like will they won't they but uh yeah, did you guys happen to see the video of um the opening of the panel like how they opened the Rogue One panel when they were about to start the Rogue One panel before anybody walked out, they started to play this short video intro and um Apparently oh s-
2: yes, yes. This this did air during the stream.
1: Yeah, this was pretty cool. So like the screen goes dark, and then all of a sudden it starts the uh, New Hope opening crawl. So you know it just starts da da da, and then it's Episode Four, New Hope. It's a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships stra- uh, striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the Galactic Empire. And then it, you know, it scrolls up, just like the beginning of the movie, and then it gets to the second paragraph, which says, During the battle, rebel spies manage to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. And then just as that scrolls up, before it goes any further, the video like glitches and then freezes. And it keeps like glitching like it's shaking like you know in place or whatever and then the if you can imagine it's like as it's like supposed to be scrolling away into the distance it instead starts rising up so it becomes flat and flush with the screen and then you start hearing the boo <laughs> and then like so it's just all you're doing is focusing on this paragraph and without anything else it just t- fills the entire screen and it zooms in as it just overtakes the the footage and you start hearing like radio saving private Ryan style radio chatter of rebels dying and then it just says rogue one and i'm like oh man if that's the opening of the movie that would be badass but <laughs> but uh likely it won't be the opening of the movie because if you start saying a new hope opening crawl people are gonna be really confused but uh i thought that was a really awesome touch and if, and seemed really really cool so that that made me start to wonder what will they do for an opening cr- sequence if there's no opening crawl is it going to be like that uh James Bond, Empire Strikes Back crossover, really artsy, like a full sequence, or is it just gonna start?
2: I don't even know if you'll see a title in the beginning of the movie. I feel like you'll see the Lucasfilm logo, and I wanna say there's gonna be some sort of Terrence malick looking shot of like some sort of alien creature going into like swampy water and then like the music swells and then like mm-hmm. some soldiers walk through. Like I, I that's what I really think they're just gonna like get just
1: into go it. Go right into it.
2: Yeah.
0: Man, it's going to be real cool. And by the way, that thing Doug mentioned, the James Bond uh, Star Wars thing, we'll link to that on this episode's page. Really cool art project of what if Star Wars had a uh, James Bond-style opening. And and I can say that, yes, if Rogue One had such a thing, it would be mind-blowing. And they also, just for good taste, used Radiohead's version of the theme to Spectre, which is the preferred version of the theme to Spectre. <laughs> for the discerning gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, on to Star Wars Rebels, the thing that we, that we mentioned, and this is not a spoiler because everybody knows this now, um, we talked about it in previous episodes of State of the Empire as a, a done deal, and oh man it is. Grand Admiral Thrawn from Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire trilogy of novels, the novels that basically kicked off the, ex- the modern era of the expanded universe, he is now officially back in Star Wars canon, and he is the nemesis of Rebels Season 3 and maybe maybe beyond
2: you know that's so. Str- it's so strange to me as a long time EU fan because, like, even back in the day when I had to just tell myself that it was like Thrawn was as real as Luke Skywalker, like it still had a different level. But just when they relaunched, you know, the cohesive canon, and they're like, oh, you know, as important, you know, books as you know as canon as the movies, as canon as the comics, as you know that they're all on an equal level, that they all happened, and now suddenly Thrawn is that equal level. Like officially, like it's just hard to even wrap my mind around that. Like definitely the most positive thing to come out of the celebration, not just for myself, but for like what seems like the entire Internet as well is that announcement.
0: Yeah. And if if you never followed the expanded universe back in the day, let's just say this is a huge deal because the Timothy Zahn uh, trilogy of Star Wars novels, they came at a time where there was no Star Wars anything and the world was worse for it. Everybody wanted it. Even my mom read these novels like everyone who enjoyed Star Wars, picked these things up and read them. So it, that's where uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn comes from. It's where Mara Jade, Luke's uh, future love interest comes from. It was a big deal. It was the first content after Return of the Jedi that ever came out. And um, having Thrawn here now is great because it's it's shown that, no, we can't tell those stories anymore. They didn't happen. But we can take what was great about them and remix them here and now. And even better, they've done it completely with Timothy Zahn's blessing to the extent that he has a novel coming out called Thrawn next year. <laughs>
1: Did they say anything about how is this going to be like a prequel to Rebels, or is this take place during the original trilogy, or anything like that?
2: If this is just speculation on my part, because there wasn't really anything said about the novel itself, I got to imagine it's going to catch us up with his career history. Hmm. You know, I think it's going to give like, okay, now that Thrawn was like, because in in the old Expanded Universe, Thrawn was always kind of like the Emperor's like useful shame. Like he didn't like that he had an alien Grand Admiral. So he kind of kept him like he was in charge of the unknown regions and sort of like kept them out of the way. And so, you know, when he showed up after Jedi, it was kind of a big deal because he had been doing his own thing for a while. So I think now it's like, well, what's his new place in this universe? Because if, if Thrawn's being called in during like the heyday of the of the or actually not even the heyday, like pre Galactic Civil War, because I don't think, you know, the Empire hasn't there's no rebel lines to declare war on yet which actually I do think by the end of this season there will be an official rebel alliance.
0: Dude, just by the end of me watching that trailer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like all the pieces are coming together in that trailer. You know, we have uh, you know, they're they're taking the old like theft of like what used to be like a famous theft of X-wings to like, you know, ha- bolster their their imperial fleet. It looks like they're doing a Y-wing heist in, in the rebels trailer. And, and Wedge Antilles and, and uh, you know, a TIE fighter squadron defecting, which has always been a big deal that the Rebel Alliance was, you know, the, the real experienced soldiers were primarily made up of, like, defectors, you know, so people that know how to
0: fight. I, 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 a young Wedge Antilles. If you watch this trailer, you will see a young Wedge Antilles in fucking TIE fighter gear defecting to the Rebels. Mm-hmm. M- damn! That's so yep. cool. And and also uh, weird weird sighting in there the um the same ship class as Dash Rindar's Outrider is now officially canon.
2: Yeah, which which Dave Filoni explained was because the designer of the original Outrider is currently working in the design department on Rebels. <laughs> so, you know, just, <laughs> like it's all really welcoming. I don't know, there's something about this is why I I've always been a little bit more exciting, excited about the prospects that Rogue One and things in this era can bring more than then Force Awakens and things like that because, like, all these new adventures, they feel like, like, I, Cap, you and I were talking earlier in the week, the, the Suncoast video era of of Star Wars, <laughs> you know, when, like, you had to maintain your own adventures in that era with things like, you know, the, the West End games, like, RPGs and you know video games like Shadows of the Empire and Rebel Assault and Dark Forces and like all this new all you know Rebels and Rogue One it feels like that like when i when they tell me the the premise and plot and characters of of Rogue One i feel like i'm going to go play like going to go do a tabletop adventure at my friend's house not go see a movie <laughs> you know like that's what's exciting about this era and so you know they're they're getting that part of of this portion of the new Star Wars universe across
0: oh they are and they're sampling wherever they can to eat to further emphasize that case in point dark forces in this rebel trailer you see robotic stormtrooper things as seen in the video games
2: yep yeah they look like the dark troopers from from dark forces like they had no no confirmation on that yet but they they certainly look like them
0: as soon as i saw those things i was like i know that weird shape i know what that is it's crazy um uh, also, we should we should point out before I, we get away too too far away from Thrawn is that uh, Thrawn is voiced by Lars Mikkelsen, that's Mads Mikkelsen's brother, and he sounds really cool.
2: Yeah, and an accomplished you know respected actor in his own right you know of especially of late like it's cool that suddenly the the Mikkelsen's are like this integrated like thing in in Star Wars like they're like the awesome. really cool
1: bald ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of voices. Tom Baker, the uh, the probably everybody's favorite Doctor Who until David Tennant came around, um, <laughs> is is doing a voice in the show, and he's a giant space goat kind of creature called a Bendu, which yeah, is. And go ahead, you take it, Matt. Because like, oh no, just in, in
2: George's original, George Lucas's original name for the Jedi was the Jedi Bendu, so, you know, and 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 that 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 word Bendu had been like appropriated, you know, in the in the old canon and things like that, but this is now Rebels using that concept to kind of, from what I understand from the trailer, he's some sort of like gray, like, I, I hate that phrase, but, you know, somewhere in the middle force being that kind of, you know, probably doesn't see dark or light.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, it's so, so cool. And, oh, it'd be great if he was a Revanite. <laughs> 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 no, there's a lot to say about canon and Ezra and so on, um, and I feel like we should probably save our speculation on that till the blast doors but what we can say is that uh if you've if you've seen the clips you'll know Ezra's got short hair he's clearly been aged up which is kind of exciting he's the same height as Sabine now so that that there can be some some actual romantic tension between them potentially and Sabine's new look is really good she's got a great new outfit and great new hair um and uh Dave Filoni said people told me Ezra has Aladdin hair so I cut it and people tell me I shouldn't have done that people tell me Ahsoka or, or people tell me Anakin doesn't have a Padawan and now no one wants me to kill her (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's yeah. uh, you know Star Wars fans that's what uh <laughs> I I that's I feel the same way about uh right now like there's not a single um I guess it's you know decent enough segue possibly to the Han Solo news let's hit it but the uh they announced that Alden Ehrenreich is uh forgive me if I missed that pronunciation but he's uh officially now portraying Han Solo It had been like rumored for or I mean Variety kind of reported on it yeah. You know, in an official capacity, but at the same time, they did say in the article that no one had confirmed it. But this is the official news. But you can't find a single positive thing on the Internet about this announcement. Like, all the Reddit posts for it, like, they're all still sitting at, like, zero karma, even though there's, like, hundreds of comments. And everyone's like, good luck, kid. You're going to need it. And all this other stuff. Like, watch. In four or five years, people are just going to be begging for more solos. You know what?
0: That That's spoken like people who haven't seen Hail Caesar that's what that is
2: well and you know i haven't seen hail caesar yet but i'm gonna take your word on that cap because i i feel like that's exactly the type of like like our opinions will match up
0: on I, that i tell you dude everyone who's seen hail caesar who was on the fence about this han solo movie just like i was as soon as they heard it was him they're like oh shit i still don't want that movie but goddamn he's the right choice yep so yeah uh, and actually a weird anecdote from the, uh, the presentation where they announced him, they said he was the, uh, he was the first audition and part of the process was to go on the Millennium Falcon and act with Chewbacca.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is that, is that the first confirmation that Chewie's in the movie or had they already said Chewie was in the,
0: you know, it, it's probably the first confirmation. I haven't heard them say a damn thing. Safe assumption. Cause I, yeah, I,
2: the, the other thing I, I picked up from that, um, conference was they, they showed his, his, uh action figures when he was a kid cuz that's a whole thing that Disney loves to convince us that all of their filmmakers and actors were Star Wars fans which i you know i think they try a little too hard on that sometimes
0: but they sure do
2: but you know they showed his uh but then you know things like then John Boyega calling him dark vader You know, that that sort of thing happens, and then they get over-scrutinized because it's like, oh, man, you convinced me you were obsessed with Star Wars. Who cares? Like, he's great as Finn. doesn't matter. Anyway, so they showed me uh, or showed us the action figures, and it was Han Solo and Bossk action figures that he owned. And uh, I believe it was Chris Miller, the director, one of the directors of the Han Solo film, was like, oh, you had Bossk too. Nice. So I'd like to think – that this movie is going to be Bosco first solo Dawn of Falcon. This is the BVS movie <laughs> that we were all waiting for. Yeah.
0: This, this is the real BVS here. And I think Matt, I think you're 100% right because, <laughs> because the thing is the, the the rivalry, this is something that, that I think is r- a really cool feature of the star Wars universe that has yet to really display itself fully in the new Canon. The rivalry uh, between Trandoshans, the species that Bosk, the the famous bounty hunter from uh, from uh, you know Empire Strikes Back, you know, forget that Boba Fett guy. There's that big reptile dude, and he's scary. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, th- he, he had Wookie pelts on his. Yeah.
0: Uh, Trandoshans wow. kill Wookies. Chewbacca is a Wookie. They have history. It's not good. And uh, I think we're going to see that on
1: on screen. Well, didn't Dengar have some personal beef with Solo too? Yeah, yeah, Den- yeah. He
2: did. He, that Dengar's injuries from the in the old canon stemmed from a swoop race accident that Solo caused.
1: Yeah. Now that's all absolutely non-existent now. Um, Correct. I I would just love to see an Inglorious Bastards bounty hunter team up of all the old greats going after Solo. But of course, if this is a Solo <laughs> prequel, that it, they ain't gonna get him.
0: Uh, speaking of Solo, as good a time as any to mention it, uh, the Han Solo comic book. It's been coming out. Uh, it's great. It's phenomenal. As of this recording, we're two issues deep. It's all about a, um, a huge race in space that uh, Hans always wanted to enter, but has been financially impossible for him to enter. And um, the Rebellion has made that financially possible for him because he's, the race is being used as a cover for him to pick up some sensitive persons. And it is fan-fucking-tastic. It's so good. So you should check it out or pre-order it right now.
2: Yeah, it plays nicely into Han's uh, post Return of the Jedi career, as, uh, per bl- the Bloodline novel, that he is a professional race team manager.
0: Yeah, just the fact of him entering this race, the the Dragon Void, um, just him entering it, and a human entering it at that is huge. Like, there's n- his fame from being in this race canonically will have been absolutely through the roof. Like, he's more of a target than he ever was now, and this is between um, uh, New Hope and Empire for him being in this. I mean, I'm sure at, they might even confront this. As soon as, um, like, anybody who was paying attention to Jabba's bounty on him saw this, like, it was, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty wild seeing how he gets through all this. Um, So, one final thing about Han Solo, some potentially sensitive information came from Star Wars News, the Star Wars News Newsnet uh, recently, when they reported on a talk given in New Zealand by concept artist Ian McCaig And we're gonna have a lot more about this conversation behind the Blast doors. But what he said about the Han Solo film, and this has been contested whether it's true or not, he kind of did a blanket statement of refutement for anything he was reported as having said. But as we'll discuss later on, there is, the way he worded it, it seems like there may have been some truth in all of this. It's hard to say. Um, Lawrence Kasdan actually wrote the script for Han Solo before he began work on Episode 7. And uh, the, uh, paraphrasing McRae, he says, It's by far the best Star Wars script and one of the best scripts, period, that I have ever read. I laughed, I cried, I did all the things you should do when reading a good script. You're in for a treat. We'll see. Yes, yes, we will. Now moving on to episode eight, A.K.A. Space Bear, which we learned this weekend was the uh, the production t- name for episode eight. Um, <laughs> I, w- I would love to get a Space Bear T-shirt. I look forward to um, to win those at eBay. Um, according to Hamill's uh, Twitter, the shooting wraps actually this coming week on the twenty second, July twenty second, and um, Rain Johnson he actually spent six weeks at Lucasfilm working out the story for episode seven while The Force Awakens was still in production. Um, and he realized early on in eight's production that it had to start right after seven. So uh, hence them having to go back to that island in Ireland with a very sensitive environment and reshoot. Um, confirming, I might add, um, as, we, as we speculated by the fact that of all these new shots being being shown from that island and so on, that for the first time ever, a Star Wars film is going to pick up immediately where the previous film left off.
1: So why do we need an opening crawl?
0: Finn got uh, Finn got hurt. I mean, well Here's Luke.
2: <laughs> well, there's some there's some expectation that possibly the moment Ray leaving, and this is before the movie like before they even confirm this today, that when Ray leaves the resistance base to when she gets to that planet there's some time has passed
1: ah yeah like 20 minutes there
2: there may be a few weeks in between there where like basically the crawl can catch us up on what the first order has done and what the republic remnants have done in the aftermath of Hosnian prime blowing up that that's probably what the crawl will
0: be about makes sense makes sense um and uh here's a little bit of uh of a of a film list if you're looking to watch some classic movies. Uh here's what episode 8 was inspired by. 12 o'clock high, Bridge on the River Kwai, and Three Outlaw Samurai. I don't know why all of those rhyme. <laughs> but but they do. Uh and more, but those those three were specifically mentioned as being inspirations for episode 8.
2: Which are fantastic, awesome, confusing uh <laughs> inspirations, but that's, that's really exciting to hear, especially, like, I, I think Ryan Johnson, I mean, he's been great so far in his, uh, I guess, three films, and I think he's really going to do something special in Episode Eight.
0: Now, um, John Boyega said, r- said a statement at Celebration, which is actually something that we've heard before about Episode Eight that Rain Johnson is making an indie movie inside of a studio franchise, that the vibe of this film is completely different. And I don't know, now that Boyega said it, I'm kind of wondering, is this something that they've been told to say? Uh, But if if it's not, then it's a lot of people being genuine about the vibe of this film being completely not what you would expect from a film as big as episode eight is. It's going
2: to be tough. A lot of the very, you know, caustic, people on the internet seem to think that it's like, oh, well, this movie's going to involve a training of a Jedi and she's going to find out that Finn and Poe are in trouble and need help and she's going to go off and help them and get, you know, seduced by Kylo Ren. And, and the formula is there for them to continue, do, like, emulating the episode that, you know, where it falls in the trilogy. But hopefully, you know, they, they kind of buck that trend and, and do things differently.
0: Yeah. Hopefully... Moving on to video games, we got we got some good announcements. Um, at least parts of them, anyway. Some unexpected stuff for sure. We in our previous episode we talked about a um, an experiment that ILM X Lab was working on with uh, with Magic Leap, the the still to be revealed um, potentially revelatory force in VR. Well, they've created a a demo called Trials on Tatooine that uh, for the HTC Vive which is out now for free on Steam. If you are Bala enough to have an HTC Vive VR headset, you can play a kick-ass-looking Star Wars demo for free right now.
2: Yeah, that that the reaction from Celebration was, like, through the roof. Like, people really, really enjoyed it.
0: So they had it on site, people were playing it? Yes. Wow. Oh, Cool. And that's not where Star Wars VR ends. It's apparently just where the humble beginnings of something more, because they have pulled on, of all people, David Goyer to write a canonical Star Wars VR experience about Darth Vader.
1: Huh.
2: I can't describe how mixed my feelings are about that. <laughs> but, but you know.
0: Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I, like many people, have definitely soured to Goyer with him being a massive part of the uber grim, dark DC cinematic universe. So
1: yeah, maybe this is just like a level of you play Anakin at the Jedi temple when he's killing the younglings. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to just swing your lightsaber around at waist level for lopping off You're, all the heads.
2: The teaser they showed was Vader activating his saber, like a badass on, uh, what looked like Mustafar, but he was in his armor. He wasn't, you know, Anakin Vader. He was, like, you know, he's already Vader Vader.
1: Which oh, fuck!
2: Is kind of a shame when you think about it, because I do want, like, I wish there was more time for Vader to have been human form Vader. Like, that's just one of my regrets about the prequels, but that's, that's, that's just an aside.
0: Now, the reason I had that little outburst there is that the story arc... um Immediately following Vader down in the Star Wars comics, has Vader in a somewhat subterranean mining planet, plenty of lava, very Mustafar-like. And uh, granted, they don't need go- to pull on Goyer to do that, but they they could potentially uh, they
1: they could potentially adapt that. I'd... Vader down the video game. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> like but then might. just you you play Vader against all the rebels. <laughs> but then you know
0: undermining the fine work of Kieran Gillen and why pull on David Goyer
1: yeah yeah
2: and 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 i mean i don't think goyer would even like put himself in a situation where he wasn't doing something that he felt was his own like he he talked about how with the whole like he doesn't want to say that you're watching something or playing something that you i forget the uh, it's like oh gosh i wish i could remember the phrase that they used for the person that's in like basically you are interacting with with where you are. Like you, you can open a door or you can move objects around. So like you are influenced. That's what they call it. You are an influencer of this story hmm. and it is a Canon story. So, I mean, it, I imagine it's going to play out as it is destined to play out, but you know, you, you do have some, some impact on the story.
0: we got two more items here. One battlefront. They, they announced that the, the, uh, the death star expansion, the characters going to be chewy and Bosk further emphasizing the uh, the importance of that uh, that relationship there, and the final expansion for Battlefront is going to be a Rogue One tie-in. It's going to be Scarif. Pretty cool.
2: That's going to be pretty dope. You know they, they they announced that the heroes and villain for that pack was going to be Jin and and Krennic, and I, I just hope that it it goes beyond that. It's also new the new vehicles from the movie, the new soldier types, the like I just want it to be the full complement of Rogue One.
0: Yeah, go out with a bang, right? Like, yes. Are
1: they also releasing a Death Star expansion?
0: That's what we just talked about. That's Chewy and Bosk.
1: Oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: But, but Rogue One is the final expansion for Battlefront before Battlefront 2 comes out. Gotcha, okay. <laughs>
2: Although the way they made it sound when they talked about it was that the idea was that you'd be able to go to the theater and see Rogue One and then go home and play Rogue One. So it might release the same day or... I don't know if these, that, that was just the way they were phrasing it. Like, there was no date put on it except December, so we'll see if it's like just before or just after.
0: Uh, the final piece of video game news is that EA and Visceral Games' unnamed Star Wars title is officially coming 2018. This is the thing that's potentially drawing from Star Wars 1313, the amazing canceled Lucasfilm or LucasArts project uh, that's helmed by Amy Hennig, the writer of the first three Uncharted games. Um, I have a a quote from her. She says, The reason we're collaborating with Lucasfilm so closely is we're writing an original Star Wars story with new characters, locations, tech, creatures, you name it. The end goal is by the time the player has finished playing, they feel...
3: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads... Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Like they really
1: did play a Star Wars film. Sounds awesome, but man, yeah, it and that, so long that away. That
2: one piece of concept art they showed... With the guy hanging off the ledge as like a tro- like a guard or a trooper, with it. like you know, definitely gave me an Uncharted vibe. But there was like a blaster in his pocket, so like I, you know, it's very it'd probably be very easy to assume that it, it will be some sort of like Uncharted ish game. Actually, even she kind of inferred that, you know, with you know, you know, with technology that the Star Wars universe presents. But she also heavily emphasized that Star Wars movies are different than like uncharted style pulp adventure films in which that they are ensemble films so i think she's insinuating that it will be multiple
1: playable characters Mm. oh that'd be really awesome if they could pull something like that off
0: yeah that that's a good inferring matt i think you're right about that
1: i have one more bit of video game news and it's about uh star wars the old republic they announced their latest expansion pack which is coming out in fall of this year called uh knights of the eternal throne and for anyone who's been keeping up with uh, the Knights of the Fallen Empire, this uh, title carries some significance, so we'll see where this goes. I'm very interested, and I believe the first chapter of Knights of the Fallen Empire is going to be free to play soon, so that's cool too.
0: That is cool. Uh, I think you're the only one who's who's following it here right now, but you've been loving it.
1: Uh yeah. I'm I'm like uh, when I do get time <laughs> to play, I'll play for maybe half hour, an hour, and uh, I'm 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 digging every second of it. So it's been keeping me a subscriber, which. I don't know how I can afford to keep doing it, but I have, and uh, I I don't regret it.
2: And and BioWare was very vague, but it seems like they're also working on—they mentioned the future, like, beyond the Old Republic. So I think they are working on some sort of future RPG project. Oh, boy. (laughs) Very vague, though.
1: You guys ready for Willow Watch? Every time I say I'm always ready. You don't even have to ask. Just do it. All
0: right, Willow Watch. Stop me if you've heard this one. I I cannot remember if I mentioned this on an episode or not, but in the Gem and the Holograms comic book, Pizzazz, Gem's Arch-Rival from the Misfits... Do you guys did you, have I talked about this? Is that
1: the pet Mad Martigan? Yeah, she has a, a name? cat named Mad Martigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about this. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, recently, and this isn't, I suppose, the existence of Mad Martigan is really the piece of news. But recently, the cat was profiled in the back of an issue because they have like character bios. Uh huh. Nothing, nothing about Willow added to it. Just a further emphasis of a cat named Mad Martigan. So that's cool. <laughs> but here's the real item. I got an email from Bob Dolman, the writer of Willow, the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what he said. I'm in Stockholm, and guess what? Guess what? There are lots of in Sweden. Willow fans! I got asked by a small film and TV studio here called uh, Cinematrix to give a Willow talk. It went great. The focus was on writing, kind of a writing workshop. So as I told Willow stories, people raised questions about their own creative process, and I answered only from my Willow experience. So interesting to use a movie as a template for talking about creativity and not wavering from it. It was really effective. I could tell as I was in it, and then afterwards, the feedback confirmed it willow all those years ago and yet it's still in the world and the stockholm people were totally into it ignore the bird follow the river (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah so uh to my knowledge i asked bob if it was filmed he said it wasn't filmed um if anybody has any footage from that that would be awesome to see i haven't seen a lick of it hit the internet yet um but it sounds great um, but hey, if you want to hear what the screenwriter for Willow has to say, you need look only further than uh, our Willow Watch special, where um, he spoke to us at length about, man, so many great stories from the process of creating that film. Um, so if you, if, you have any, <laughs> if you have any love for this child, uh, <laughs> then uh, then you should check out our Willow Watch special. Forget all you know or think you know. <laughs> Now, before the blast doors, we got to give some shout-outs to some wonderful people. State of the Empire and all the programming on the Nerdy Show Network is entirely listener-supported, and we rely on you to keep the show afloat. There's lots of ways you can do that. If you go to nerdyshow.com slash support, you'll see all those ways. They include one-time donations. You can subscribe to Patreon, uh, and you'll get all kinds of bonus perks from the, from the Nerdy Show Network, including... Outtakes from State of the Empire, extended discussions and so on, or even just the three of us talking about movies. That's all on there. And uh, then there's also shopping on Amazon, a pretty passive way to spend some money and give back to Nerdy Show. All the items we'll have linked on this episode's page, all the books we're talking about available for pre-order. All that stuff, if you follow our links will give back to Nerdy Show. And if you want to always give back to Nerdy Show for any of your Amazon purchases on anything, all you got to do is go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. You can even bookmark that link and make it your definitive portal for Amazon so everything you casually buy will give back to us, and that would mean the world. Um, and we actually have an announcement from Patreon. just want to remark on this very briefly um, because I'm about to go on a, on a whirlwind trip. I'm going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm going to be in L.A. for a few days. I'm going to be at Camp Fangamer out in Tucson, Arizona. So uh, I'm going to be sort of AWOL from Nerdy Show for a little bit. Um, So I want to mention this. uh, Thanks to Cerebral Paladin, a new Patreon backer, who uh, saw that we were very close to to making our $1,000 goal for $1,000 a month via Patreon, and he met it. He dove right in there. He gave the rest we needed. And... um, then thank you so much, Cerebral Paladin, and to everybody giving Nerdy Show. Having this kind of security of knowing we can make all this happen is great. And I should add, this one, our goal at $1,000 was to keep shows regular, um, some shows that had fallen by the wayside and gotten, kind of gotten an erratic schedule. Um, and we've been working to that end as we've been nearing that goal. One of those shows was State of the Empire, and we're doing our damnedest to make sure this, that it stays on, coming out at least once a month. So, so far, so good. And, and thanks to everybody who's helping make that possible. If you want more info on, on, what, on that support goal and what that means, I wrote a big letter um, on Patreon that is not locked so anybody can read it. Uh, you should totally check it out. And we'll link to it on this episode's page. There is there's one more way you can support Nerdy Show that I will mention. And that doesn't involve any money whatsoever. And that is to rate and review us on iTunes. State to the Empire still needs your help. The world at large, Star Wars fans listening to podcasts, we're still the underdog. Most people don't know about this show. Even with Consequence of Sound, Spreading the Love, to State of the Empire, a lot of people don't know about this show. So put the word out. If you can rate and review us on iTunes, that would be great. Or if you just share it with your friends, that would also be great. And when you post reviews on iTunes, we will, we will read them unless you don't want us to. Here's a brand new one. It's called Looking for News in Alderon Places. That tag is so true by Diston Bates. Looking for Star Wars news? Want spoilerific insights and non-spoiler insights? Do you wish that you could be caught up on all the goings-on in all Lucasfilm properties now that they're owned by Disney? Well, boy, do they ever have a show for you. These guys are experts on Star Wars, live in Orlando, home of Disney, and are very big lovers of that little cult classic, Willow. So if you want to get a sequel, get all the latest Star Wars news, or even the latest indie, this is the place for you. They also did a very in-depth discussion on Clone Wars and are working on a machete order for that series to cut out all the fluff you don't need or want. So from indoor to hoth, you'll find it here on State of the Empire. Nice. To which I must turn and ask Matt. So uh, how how are you and Colin doing on that machete order for Clone <sighs> Wars?
2: It's uh, I I started, but man, to it you really start to to. It's hard to edit yourself. <laughs> so I'll have to. Uh dive back into it and just start to be a little more judicious.
1: The the d-
0: demand is out there cuz uh yeah. d- Don yeah. ain't joking. He not not first we made a promise and now he's made a promise to anybody who reads his iTunes review. So it's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there you go. There you go. I'm going to have to uh, I got that at the top of my plate now this week.
0: <laughs> I've got two final notes. One is sort of a community related thing. Um a former host of our all gay all geek podcast Flame On uh he, uh, he lost a friend in the Pulse Massacre, Drew Leonin, who actually appeared on Flame On, s- talking specifically about um, Star Wars uh, a couple years ago. And um, as, as a result, uh, Joshua Yale, the former Flame On host, has started a campaign that has now got over 10,000 signatures called Put Drew in Star Wars. The idea being that um, that Drew, either in name or likeness or in some respect, would be the first on-screen appearance of an LGBTQ character in the Star Wars universe, and uh, it—it's the response has been fantastic. Mark Hamill has retweeted it, so uh, we're going to link to that to where you can put your signature on this uh, to to voice this and and pay tribute to someone who who just tragic who a. Diehard Star Wars fan of the highest order who tragically lost his life and could be a great statement about the inclusion that has always been in Star Wars, or at least in, in the modern era of Star Wars, but has never actually found its way into anything with a moving picture. So it's a great opportunity to to make the the inevitable happen. And as as you watch um, uh, Joshua's video, you'll you'll really see where he's coming from on this. It, it was always going to happen at some point, but why not make it a tribute to? a Star Wars fan who uh, couldn't leave to see the next film. So, somber note, let's switch over to something else right before the blast doors. A final thought. This is a great quote from a uh, from one of the closing uh, panels of the show at Star Wars Celebration. Kiri Hart of the Lucasfilm Story Group, uh, she and her group have mapped out a story and timeline across multiple platforms many years in advance, many exhausting years in advance. We have a great honor to uh, to have responsibility for, so we have to be... So we want to be really careful with that, not only for Star Wars, but with Indiana Jones, which we're all really excited about as well. So the Lucasfilm Story Group is hard at work on a timeline for Star Wars that's apparently spiraling in all directions over a huge span of time. Not just that, but Indiana Jones as well. Yeah, Lucasfilm Story Group working on Indiana Jones is music to my ears. Not, uh, and I suppose I could have made that a little Indie Inquiry segment. Here's a whip crack just for fun. But it wasn't quite enough. I can hear the raptors scratching at the door. What do we got to do? Uh, we're going to open the blast doors. Oh, shit. For those of you who uh, who stay with us this long, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. But, yeah, here they come. Here they come. We're going to open the blast doors. Open the blast doors.
2: Open the blast doors. All right, Cap, before we jump into this, I just want to – I think we should dedicate this particular blast door opening segment to the biggest fan of this section of the show, Jiang Wen. who was so excited to open the blast doors at star wars celebration that he yelled out a character death during the panel
0: (laughs) we salute you we salute you Jiang Wen. you you're you're a true trooper you'd love to go behind the blast doors yeah
1: okay Now, now i read the transcript of what was said and it reading the transcript didn't make it that clear to me
0: Oh,
2: well, go back and look at Alan Tudick's face. Okay, because I didn't see it.
1: So, no, no, I haven't seen it, and I heard it. I only read, like, the written transcript of it. And I'm like, oh, well, that could be open to interpretation. It doesn't necessarily mean that guy dying, but, I mean, uh, granted, I didn't see it. So, you know, it could be totally different within context.
0: Yeah, who's the character who dies?
2: Uh, he, he referred to it as Donnie Yen's character dying, which is Chirut, I believe. So, now, here's the thing. I honestly think that's more of a cultural thing. Like, I think he sees this movie as telling a story that's already happened in the universe. And so, he's just like, oh, you guys just want to know what happens. And so, like, I don't think he treats death as... You know, like, I think the inevitability of death to him for these characters wasn't necessarily a spoiler. Yeah. And he didn't understand that. And then he kind of, like, caught on. And, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm it's just not a spoiler to me
1: because I'm assuming they're all dead anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, this, not, if this film not, is I, done I, right. I,
2: I, I can't do that because there's no way you, these days you can make a $250 million film without leaving sequel possibilities. And, and yes, many will die. But I don't think it'll be or Erso. And I don't think it'll be K2.
1: Well, he didn't say either of those. He just said the exact people who you would expect to die. You mean, like if you look? Well, at,
2: exactly. I think I think her team will die. Yeah, you
1: look at any war ensemble film; they they almost all die. So it's not a surprise to me. Like, I, oh, the blind guy. I mean, the blind guy you're sending into a war zone doesn't make it. Oh, how surprising!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is why I don't think people haven't like. You know, they're not – mostly people feel bad for him. They're not tearing him a new one on the internet. Like, it's it's more of a just a very unfortunate type of thing because he was already kind of lost with the whole language barrier thing, and he didn't know mm-hmm. what else to say about his character except that he had a big gun. <laughs> and so he kept talking, and then he started talking about how his character reacts to his friend dying. And it's like, oh, boy, Do, you know, Jiang, I know, like, you're a big fan of this segment of our show, but, <laughs> like, we don't – you know, not everybody – Listens to to State of the Empire, you know. Hopefully, most everybody in that room do, does, but not everybody.
1: But uh, as far as other Rogue One stuff, what about that uh, supposed sneak peek at what looks like it could be Bail Organa? Yeah, pretty cool.
2: That's it. yeah, that's awesome. That would be, an... but you know what? Like, that's such an awesome thing that you would think they wouldn't want. They know people pull these these trailers apart. That's the, my only thinking that it's not that it's not Jimmy Smith's, like maybe it's Bell Organa, but like I want it to be Jimmy Smith.
1: yeah, so do I,
2: and I just i I can't imagine they would let that get released, but then again, this is the same the same group that decided to spoil Vader's appearance in this movie through a dumb e w fluff piece and then follow that up with a closed door trailer that is probably just from what i've understood it doesn't look like a shot that will probably even make it in the movie it was just a collection of shots from rogue one and then vader doing something and breathing but it probably won't even be in the movie hmm. so you know there's some weird stuff going on with this movie and i think just based on where it is in its production that they just it's just not ready to be shown in the kinds of ways that we expect to, it to be shown at celebration
0: now as far as um rebels goes we haven't mentioned the finale because in case anybody hadn't watched season three we didn't want to spoil it uh there was some weird stuff happening with uh the discussion about ahsoka and whether she's alive or dead because we did see a shot of her walking into a doorway and i guess the question now is was it symbolic
2: yep uh dave filoni said that he and george lucas had discussed for years ahsoka's arc and that And and in Filoni's opinion, he didn't see any more story for Ahsoka after the confrontation in Rebels Season 2 in the finale. And to me, that just blows my mind because, like, yeah, Cap, as you're saying, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that as her end. And um, as we had discussed earlier in the week, like, it – for Ahsoka, I don't see that as her arc coming to an end. Like, this is the first time that she's faced off against her master. Like – it works for Luke because if you if you take it chronologically, you have you know Ahsoka dealing with Anakin, and then all of a sudden she realizes that you know he's he is Anakin, and she goes and she confronts him, and then she loses. And so when Luke goes to Bespin to do the same, you suddenly worry. You're like, oh shit, is that going to happen again? But I don't know if like you know we know what happens to Luke. You know, if if Rebels came out before Empire Strikes Back, you know that maybe that works that way, but because Empire came out first, I don't think this works for Ahsoka.
0: Um, what-
2: I mean, Fil- Filoni also talked about some untold Ahsoka tales in a in a panel the, the day before, in which the end of the Clone Wars show was there was going to be a couple arcs where it was it was Ahsoka on her own and the Coruscant Underground trying to forge her own life, and she had a love interest and things like that. But she was going to end up working with some Mandalorians to try to help retake Mandalore and that was going to be the final arc of the show and she decides to contact the Jedi Order and say hey I found out Darth Maul's on Mandalore like you know I'll help you and so Anakin and her reunite and Anakin tells her how proud he is of what she's done leaving the Order and and you know growing up and and things like that and then was going to symbolically hand over his clone unit to her in which they're all wearing like orange and white armor in her honor and then have a tearful goodbye because Anakin and Obi-Wan were going to be called back to Coruscant because the Chancellor has been kidnapped for the start of Revenge of the Sith. And that was going to be the last time they ever see each other. And like a- Ashley Eckstein starts crying on on the stage because she hadn't heard this yet. And it like, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a beautiful ending to Clone Wars, but I don't know if Rebels, if, if they had followed through with ending her in the season two finale, if that would have been a, a, a good end to her arc.
0: Well, not really. Cause I feel like it, it was cut in a, in a way to, to hold on to the mystery of did she, or didn't she die? Cause clearly Vader survives. So why wouldn't Ahsoka? Right. Um, and in showing her, it suggested that she didn't die. And yet we've been left with something very mysterious from Dave Filoni. Uh, he created a series of digital trading cards this gorgeous, gorgeous and haunting art of Ahsoka battling Vader, her battle with Vader, Vader's escape, and then Ahsoka descending into the underworld. Um, but it could be a literal or a metaphorical underworld. Um, he said, these are images I made just for T.O.P.S., the, the trading card company, that start to explain visually, metaphorically what the end is about. You can stare at them for hours and try to figure out what it means. Um, it starts to get into these really kind of psychological, subconscious, what does this journey into the underworld mean? It's it's obviously Ahsoka in that doorway, so what is it? Um, And we see her walking through water, uh, following the uh, convore, which is an animal uh, climbing a spiral staircase, a room with a circle-shaped doorway that's lined with wolves, um, and there were wolves in Lothal's Jedi Temple. Um, And uh, yeah, so is it possible that Ahsoka escaped into maybe a Jedi temple beneath the Sith temple on Malachor? Is that possible? Or is this,
2: you know, and you know, that was one of, one of the untold Ahsoka tales that Filoni mentioned was that she was going to get involved with the, the dark side nexus that the Jedi temple on Coruscant was built on top of. That was something that was in the Darth Plagueis novel And then was brought up again to make it canon in the Tarkin novel. It was done from Sidious's point of view. Like, he goes down below the Jedi Temple to meditate. Like, that was kind of where Sidious had been hiding on Coruscant. Like, you know, when he was in his guise as Sidious and things like that. And so there was a story arc from Lucas and Filoni that was going to deal with that. And now all of a sudden, Filoni has once again put her in a dark side temple underground thing. So I don't know if... Like, those two things are connected.
0: And also, the Ahsoka book has been delayed to... Seemingly delayed. Um, I guess you could speak more to this, map, but but to what looks like where the season break, the mid-season break for Rebels Season 3 would be.
2: Yeah, according to Amazon, and that's the only source, the, the it's gone from October to December 6th, which is probably when the mid-season finale is going to be. So the last time we see Rebels before Rogue One comes out.
1: Could it then be that the book explains everything that happened to her from the moment she disappears in season two to maybe a possible reappearance cliffhanger for season three like like we like we don't see her for the first half of the season then the mid-season break is her like showing up and being like i'm still alive and it's like oh shit where were you book
2: well it's so interesting because not only like is that's probably a strong possibility because they i thought the book was going to be a summary of these untold tales but he says that the untold tales will reference them, basically to to reestablish the events happened for canon's purposes. So, like, maybe it is a bookended story of what's going on in the Sith Temple, and it's bookending to sort of, like, flashbacks and recollections to what she was doing in between her leaving the Jedi Order and her reappearing as Fulcrum. Now, there's there's a weird thing, like, Pablo Hidalgo said on Twitter— you know, everyone's pointing out like Filoni said he was thinking about getting rid of Ahsoka until the fan, you know, fan reaction, and then he the the quote that Filoni used at the Ahsoka panel was, or rather, rather the Rebels panel was, "I recons- I reconsidered reconsidering, you know, Ahsoka playing a role in season three, and that he might be able to find something for her." And so, but Pablo Hidalgo was asked, "Wedge Antilles in aftermath said he knew fulcrum." Back when he was a rebel soldier, Ooh. and Hidalgo, respond, Hidalgo responded, "Don't you know? Don't worry. Like we've we've planned for this. Like like essentially, like we know what we're doing. So either that means the Fulcrum identity still continues doesn't necessarily have to be Ahsoka, or that was confirmation of like no 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 Ahsoka Ahsoka will come back as a rebel still being Fulcrum."
1: Yeah, it sounds like she'll be back. I mean, especially with all the ambiguity and the whole like, oh, these, these trading cards, it's super metaphorical, so don't take it literally. Okay, then she's alive. You know what I'm saying? It's like then there's no, – if you weren't going to take it literal, then how else can you interpret it? If it's if everything yeah, but, is a metaphor and everything is way.
2: I, well, very quickly, there was force ghost speculation, but then later in the panel, someone asked about that, and, and Filoni said, I don't think Ahsoka possesses the knowledge to, to become a force ghost. Yeah. So, I mean, she I, wasn't
1: at the end know. of Return of the Jedi, so, you know. Neither was Qui-Gon. <laughs> neither, neither was old Anakin anymore. <laughs> so now we come back to the thing I mentioned during our
0: Han Solo segment, um, the con- the discussion with the concept artist Ian McKaig. Uh According to the reporter, who wrote quotes from memory, because otherwise this was not at all documented, McCaig was loose-lipped with some info on pre-production for Episode Seven. Much of this has since been refuted, like I said, uh, but done so in a way to suggest there might be truth to it. Um, he said that after production on Episode 7 began, Lucas submitted a script or a treatment with concept art by McCaig and another of the prequel-era concept artists. The script was rejected outright as a result of Disney's banishment of anything mildly prequel-related, um, such as uses of pre- usage of uh, prequel-era characters, environments, etc., um, and that Disney executives were reluctant to include non-Caucasian characters because at the time they hadn't committed to any of the actors yet, um, and uh, then uh, he. But McCaig implied that some of the material from this rejected treatment from Lucas was in fact adapted into the final film in some respects, um, and he feels that he has uh, some perspective into Ray. Uh, and Anakin, and and lots of, lots of weird stuff. I'll start with the Anakin stuff. Um, he says, The story was told as a rough outline, but involved Luke being guided through further Jedi training and the creation of a new order by the Force ghost of Anakin. However, the ghost is still conflicted by the dark side and can slip back into being Darth Vader. This was accompanied by uh, concept pieces of a half-human, half-Vader face, with the Vader side slowly growing over the course of the film to overtake Anakin entirely. Because of the ghost's inner dark side conflict, Lucas simultaneously corrupted in his mission to reestablish the Jedi whilst also attempting to save Anakin from the dark side, ergo himself. Which is very strange, to say the least. That doesn't sound like a new story worth telling, quite frankly. Um, I feel like we've, we've, we've exercised those ghosts literally and figuratively and that's over. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the race stuff, and that's, that's a little bit more interesting. Uh, he mentioned how Qui-Gon and Shmi Skywalker had a romantic affair uh, in early mid-drafts of The Phantom Menace, and some of it still appears in the film. And he also said, and this is a paraphrasing again, uh, though none of these prequel-related concepts were able to be used outright, these ideas remain in the Lucas ecosystem and filter through. Um, and then he spoke this quietly and almost certainly said, according to the reporter, and now we have a new Skywalker. Um, which implies either that the Qui-Gon-Shmi relationship is now paralleled in Luke's relationship with someone new, uh, giving way to Rey, or that Shmi had a secret kid with Qui-Gon, and that somehow, sometime between that and her getting killed um, and maybe Anakin not visiting, there's another Skywalker out there. And I I mean, why would Owen Lars never mention that? I don't know. Maybe it
1: happened before he uh, met Shmi.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a decade.
0: So the response was, Alas, the report had has many inaccuracies, um, not through any malicious reporting, I'm sure, but errors accumulated in the retelling. I'm afraid I must decline any further comment. The Star Wars movies are like the best Christmas presents ever, and it would spoil it for many if, it, uh, if I were to give away too much beforehand. Um, many inaccuracies... Is what he said not outright wrong so for this for Lawrence Kasdan writing um the Han Solo script before episode seven there can be some truth in any of this no matter how strange it is
2: Hmm. I mean and also you know Rain Johnson is probably like tearing up whatever initial thing anyway that might have even made it through to you know, the skeleton that became Force Awakens. So, you know, it doesn't have to bleed through at all. But, yeah, I, w- I don't know. I I don't know if we'll ever know the intention. Like, I wonder if it'll be as, as crazy varied as, like, you know, all the history that's known about the, the very first drafts of Star Wars, you know, from, you know, different names, different planets, the different, you know, Vader and, and Anakin being different characters and all that sort of thing, like, how much we'll ever know in full? That doesn't seem to be like a a Disney type thing to show us or tell us.
0: No, maybe maybe years and years later. Hey, look at this! It's so fun. How wrong? How how widely all this veered off in a different directions. Yeah, but we don't know. So take of that what you will. Um, I I definitely think that I trust Rain Johnson to not um, to not give Ray a stupid as hell backstory. Um, yeah. And not make her a manifestation of the Force or another virgin birth or any of the other crap. If if her background even factors into, um, episode eight, I might add, because that might not be something. I mean, it, granted, it's one of the overarching uh, questions of the new trilogy, but um, you know, that, that might be an episode nine thing. Who knows how long they're going to well, stretch it out.
2: well, I'll throw it so. So the new aftermath novel came out very recently. Yes, in the last like two weeks, and
0: it's a big deal. Actually, um, I can't believe I neglected to uh, to bring it up.
2: No, actually, I, I just I just put it together too. Sorry, Star, Star Wars Celebration. I'm still like getting out of it. It's been weird hours keeping up, but um, there is a new character in the in aftermath that is very um, like he kind of has the presence of of Thrawn, but it's more like in the background. He is a Grand Admiral or some sort of you know something Admiral. And uh, his name is Gallius Rax. But over the course of the novel, they're giving us um, flashbacks to his youth. He grew up on on Jakku, and eventually came under the tutelage of Palpatine and his his Palpatine's Inner Council, like Masameda and Tarkin and and Wolf Yularin and you know all those guys that were on the Death Star. Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Well, he was put in charge of like the vague quotes was finding something buried on Jakku for thousands of years.
1: Ooh. That's why everyone wants to go back to Jakku. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so now it's like, well, wait a minute. Theories now abound, you know, not quite crazy theories yet, but you know, they'll get there that Ray could be the thing that was buried on Jakku for thousands no, of years? No, <laughs> Wow. Well, there's, there's going to be stuff and, uh, you know, everything from, a, a Sith temple, maybe Jakku was the, like, um, where, uh, you know, like the, the Sith, you know, the whole thing about, you know, at last we'll have our revenge. Like maybe that's where the Jedi destroyed all the Sith. Like maybe that's like, that was their final battleground. Like, the other thing, we're gonna find out something. So the last aftermath novel comes out January 31st, and it looks like it's leading up to the to being the Battle of Jakku, and that Luke is going to make an appearance in that book. So like people are like, well, maybe Gallius Rax is Snoke because maybe he like they get into a lightsaber fight because Okay. So <laughs> the Acolytes of the Beyond, the weird sort of Vader worshiping cult, has managed to acquire Vader's lightsaber on Corellia. Not sure why it's on Corellia. Who cares? And Gallius Rax is probably the leader's the leader of this cult, so he may end up with Vader's lightsaber, possibly in a fight with Luke. Maybe Luke fucks him up, and he ends up being Snoke. Once again, that's another theory. Who knows? So the Battle of Jakku has been established of like the Empire finally falling. But why did they fight at Jakku? It's yeah, probably and to come and look for this thing or or whatever it is.
1: Source of power or something, perhaps.
2: Perhaps. And here's the thing, like I Aftermath kind of takes place, you know, only like I, I wanna say within a year or two or maybe a little bit more of Return of the Jedi ending. So I don't know when the Battle of Jakku like I think the Battle of Jakku takes place like really, really soon after that. So I don't think that is when Ray would be left there for some random reason. I, I don't know. And how I,
1: long was Lor Santeca there and why is he specifically there so close to where Ray is? You know? Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. I, I gotta imagine that at some point Ray Johnson has has processed all these little things that Abrams left for him to clean up. <laughs> Cause I still don't believe that th- that Abram's left knowing.
0: Yeah. It like, doesn't seem like his his style. <laughs> no,
2: especially if, if Jakku ends up being important it's in and of itself and that Lore Santaka is there for that, why does Lore Santaka have a map to his current location? I don't under like well, I don't fortunately, know. Unfortunately
0: that's being fielded in the Poe Dameron comic books. Oh. Because well, Poe is searching right. for lore. And I might add, uh Poe also in this in the search for lore goes to a prison world where the hut who had all the holocrons and a necklace made out of lightsabers that Luke encountered in the Star Wars book that takes place between a New Hope and Empire? That hut, that hut that tried to like kill Luke in a big mm-hmm. gladiatorial fight, that guy is incarcerated, probably because of that, mm-hmm. on a prison planet. Lor visited him, and now Poe Dameron on the trail of Lor has to go into this prison planet and talk to this guy.
2: Damn. You know what? I, for better or worse, I'm going to defer to Pablo Hidalgo and that they've got it all worked out. <laughs> and, and
1: where does Constable Zuvio fit into all of this? What's he protecting? The, 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 the big question.
0: Yeah. yeah Constable Zuvio is is the great protector of what is hidden on Jakku. You'll find out in Star Wars Aftermath Three, which really it really comes out in January.
2: Yeah. January 31st. I know. See, that's that's the thing that that's why I can't put any credence to any crazy theory. So if anybody's reading the book, I don't want like don't buy into any theory you read on it, because if it came out after episode eight. okay, that makes sense. But they're not going to give us that info in a novel before episode eight.
1: Yeah. So
2: I think everybody's got to temper their expectations of what's going to happen in empire's end which is the name of the last aftermath
0: novel and people and people did not love the first aftermath novel but they do love the second one and we actually have yeah a, there was a, it's a rev-
2: real it, it's getting good like the new characters have really come into their own and the writing style is is like i'm used to it now and um, also if no one wants to like read it the audiobooks for aftermath because of the way wendig writes the audiobooks are fantastic
0: That's, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, what I want to say is that we, if you're curious about a review, uh, of this new aftermath chapter, well, there was one kindly posted on the star Wars spoilers, Facebook group. So we, we run, we run a Facebook group that, um, that is for all this, this crazy, fun, weird spoilery stuff. And Stephen Peckham wrote a fantastic review on aftermath that you should definitely check out and we'll link to it on this episode's page um yeah, it and, was it was a great review and and he he asserted that if you didn't read the first one and don't want to cuz no one likes it you don't need to you can just read the second one yeah so um all that said that's all we got for this episode of State of the Empire and we will see you in August and granted I'm going to be out at San Diego Comic-Con and uh you know the Star Wars panels happening there they might reveal something um, I, whether I'm going to be able to see it in person, I highly doubt because Hall H is super difficult to get into, but, uh, we will, we will report on it as soon as possible. If anything of significance happens, uh, maybe, maybe you'll see us sooner than no, you'll, it'll have to be August cause I'll be traveling, but, uh, but we'll, We'll be back ASAP with all the latest. And if you want to uh, keep abreast of what's going on, then you should definitely follow both of our Facebook groups. Well, there's the Facebook page for State of the Empire for our general purpose news. And then, of course, the Blastors, the spoilerific discussion at Star Wars Spoilers. If you search for Star Wars Spoilers, you'll probably find it on Facebook. So, yeah, that's all we got. If you have any insights, feel free to contact us. In the meantime, taking us out is a track by nerdcore rapper Ambush Vin featuring Silence. It's called Darth Perfectus, and it's from his record Sci-Fi Music, which is actually kind of a fan fiction concept album of a sort of multiversal franchise fusion. And uh, he's created a character called Darth Perfectus, who is trained by Darth Vader. So here's some Star Wars fanfic nerdcore. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. By I'm Doug.
2: By I'm Matt.
4: Force lightning. Unplug your power cord. Turn your lights out. I'm a Sith
5: Lord. Daughter Vader. Make sure they all die. Make sure they all feel the power of the dark It all started. Before I came into my current form, evacuations, earthquakes, and violent storms, they tried to mimic me, bury me as a result of my tyranny, as yes, we're told in Christian and Muslim prophecy, ain't no stopping me, power had no limitations, I could have murdered Child when he was writing revelations, read infestations, who and play creations, engineered the pyramids and took over a nation, with mystic incantations. veteran in the reincarnation, what you facing is worse than a myth you call Satan, I'm wasting my time, being in human a I tear apart your galaxy, you've been warm Extra dimensional, nobody enter my space I leave you with dementia Silence describes my distinction Whack humanity from the earth, extinction Force lightning, unplug your power cord Turn your lights out, I'm a sick lord Daughter and make sure they all die Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side Force lightning, unplug your power cord Turn your lights out, a Sick lord. It all started with the thunder,
4: cloud cover, surreal scenes. Hot swampers and ice caves and death fleas. I was the king of the planet for the invasion. The rebel station murdered my nation's civilization. With population one, I was forced to live among all the outer rim beasts, camouflage myself with dung. I knew the day would come when I would come loose off the hands. Avenge my people's death, time to begin my revenge. The to of hatred, didn't know it's beginning, until I start celebrating when evil started winning, and now I feel it's presence. I aimed my blaster at you, flung that shit right out of my head, damn look that's Vader do. he got me for his pit. can't move, can't breathe, choking on my own blood, took me down to my knees, my thoughts betrayed me, the evil in my heart, made the Sith Lord smile as the world went dark, force lightning, unplug your
5: power cord, turn your lights out. I'm a sick lord. Daughter Magnus, make sure they all die. Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side. Force lightning, unplug your power cord. Turn your lights out. I'm a sick lord. Darth Magnus, make sure they all die. Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side. I'm nice with the lightsaber. I even rival Vader. We gotta
4: keep it low from the emperor. He's a hater. Only supposed to be two, a master and a apprentice. I'm plotting on making it one when they both fitness. Treachery travels through my mind all the time. I ain't trying to hold back. My self-force don't buy. I watched from indoor, the death star exploded The emperor is dead, will Vader be promoted? Until I seen Luke carrying his dad body I was hiding in the forest with my laser beam shoddy I decked his X-wing, oh. took off the hyperspace while they thought the Sith was dead And began to celebrate, I was plotting my course back to the outer rim planets I'm gonna come back in a way that the Jedi can't manage Damage reputations and bring back the Federation Guard perfected, retaliation, the end of
5: I'm a sick lord. Daughter Magnus, make sure they all die. Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side. Force lightning, unplug your power cord. Turn your lights out. I'm a sick lord. Daughter Magnus, make sure they all die. Make sure they all feel the power of the dark side.
0: Thanks for listening to State of the Empire. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com and be sure to follow Nerdy Show on all your
1: favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered.